Again, this morning we're going to be looking at uh, the idea of hope in that longing expectation of the coming of our God. And I've asked uh, uh, Matthew and Mark and Diane if they will lead us in the reading and lighting of the Advent candle uh, representing hope this morning. Jeremiah 33:14 through 16 Behold the days are coming declares the Lord when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah In those days and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land In those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. In those days, we're waiting yet in different ways for those days to come once again. We're going to read this morning, as we look at this idea of hope, uh, from one of the Psalms. Uh, You could really go through um, uh, a number of different passages to figure out how do you find, where would you find hope, where do you see hope being longed for or expressed. So we're going to do that this morning uh, from Psalm 130, uh, just the eight verses that are listed there. The Psalm says, Out of the depths... I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption, and He will redeem Israel from all His iniquities. May God give us wisdom as we meditate on this this morning. Paul Bunyan had said about Uh, Hope, as your faith is, such your hope will be. Hope is never ill when faith is well, nor strong if faith be weak. There is this direct connection to our faith and our hope. And as Paul Bunyan had said, if... if, uh, If your faith is strong, your hope will be strong. When your faith is weak, your hope will also be weak. 
So we're going to meditate on this passage from Psalm 130 this morning, looking at um, the whole concept of hope and why it's so important for us to have that and exploring even the depths of it and, and where it all comes from. One of the things that uh, we need to understand as we look at hope is the very need for it. Uh, one of the things that we don't often uh, pay attention to enough is the need for things. We try to solve things before we understand their needs. So we're going to spend a little bit of time trying to figure out why we even need hope. Maybe that sounds um, like a strange concept. We, we know we need it, but, but it helps if we explore the depths of that. And that's where the psalmist starts. He says, out of the depths I cry to you. There's something, there's something deep within the writer of the psalm and deep within each one of us that just cries out. It's, it's not this surface level kind of need that we have. It's not just some temporary or fleeting or minor inconvenience. The psalmist cries out from his, the very depths of himself to the Lord. He cries out uh, that his pleas for mercy... Not just, I, I've got a little problem here, Lord, can you help me out? But there is this underlying uh, need that comes from uh, the very core of each of us. It's something that goes uh, way back. Way, way back. It, we're not just in a place of needing hope in these days because of our current situation. Uh, that is true. Uh, we're not just in need of hope because of uh, things that happened maybe a, a generation ago or, or a little bit farther back than that. Uh, that's not the origin of our need for hope. It goes farther back, truly all the way back to nearly the beginning, a time when everything was good, uh, very good, as God had said. But then the world changed. It goes back to where God had said to Adam and Eve in the garden uh, that you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but the tree of knowledge and good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And you know how the story unfolds as that temptation uh, comes to light as one brings a, a twist on the story. Where, where that wouldn't have even been considered, one brings in temptation for that very forbidden fruit. And Adam and Eve both eat of it and death comes into the world. And so at the end of chapter 3, you, you, you hear what God says, Behold, man has now become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, unless he reach out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat forever... The Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flashing sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Sin entered the world, and death came with it, and eternal life was now restricted. You couldn't access it. And that the fullness of the presence of God was no longer enjoyed in that same way. And hope goes all the way back to when sin entered the world and corrupted our world. It's, it's as if um, you had a, a, a beautiful white tablecloth that had been 
uh, purchased long, long ago by one of your one of your relatives, and it's been handed down through the generations, except for um, at one point, uh, little Jimmy or Susie uh, had a black permanent marker and put a spot on it, and it wouldn't come out. And regardless of who tried to wash it, regardless of how many times it changed hands or how many generations it's gone through, every time that's viewed, there is that black spot on there, and it just won't go away. Time doesn't cure it changing of hands and somebody trying harder never would cure that. that. That black spot has been there since the beginning. That's the, the very depth of our need for hope. It goes back to when sin first entered the world and it, and it permeated all of creation. David uh, reminds us in his time of uh, terrible uh, failure Behold, he says, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Not that she did something wrong, but he was just born into the world that way. And that's the understanding that we have. You can't come into this world without that black spot uh, in you already. It exists in all of us. That sin-stained heart and mind and body exists for everyone just by coming into the world. That idea of, of our need for hope didn't stop either uh, just because Christ came into the world. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 4. He says, Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, the Gentiles being those that uh, haven't known the, the fullness and the goodness of God in the way that the, the Israelite people have. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from life in, from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. There still exists in our world today those that are separated from the knowledge of God and the fullness of, of God because of that dark spot that exists yet. And where no light has ever come to it, that dark spot continues to exist and people will find a a, a, that need for hope uh, wherever they look. It has existed uh, nearly since the beginning. And so with, with this understanding that it, it uh, pervades every aspect of everybody's life, where do you find the fix for that? Where do you find hope? Uh, we have the need for it, but where do you find the fulfillment? What is that object of hope? Certainly, verse 7 makes it abundantly clear as he says there, the psalmist, O Israel, hope in the Lord. Uh, we might say in our, in our world today, uh, as Israel was representative of God's people, uh, you, God's people, hope in the Lord. You could look someplace else, but you won't get far with it. You could look everywhere else, and you won't find hope that will even get you Anywhere near going down the road to the finish line. It does not exist. So the psalmist says, hope in the Lord. He says that very clearly there in verse 7. But this is now, uh, in this uh, reading here, there are eight times where the psalmist brings our attention to the Lord as the one who has something that all of us still need. There is only that one source of hope. People try all kinds of things. Uh, all 
kinds of things. If you would read the, the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll see there that the writer has tried everything to try to make sense of the world and to bring pleasure and joy and hope and everything else. But in the end, all of our own striving and chasing after those things is just futile, meaningless. If you look at Psalm 62, there's these contrasting hopes there. Listen to what it says there. For, for God alone, O my soul, God alone, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. The contrast there. He is my rock. He's my hope, my salvation, my fortress, my glory, my refuge. All of those things and more exist in God alone. And it doesn't matter if you are uh, of humble means. That in and of itself does not gain you anything. It's so if you go to the other end of the spectrum, it doesn't matter if you are rich and wealthy and prominent. That doesn't gain you what you're looking for necessarily. It may move you in the direction you think you want to go, but it will leave you short every time, regardless of which end of the spectrum you end on. Talking about extortion and robbery and riches, all of this idea that maybe if I could just gain more, I could have more hope. Hope only comes from God, brothers and sisters, and Scripture would make that abundantly clear over and over and over. Psalm 146 again, uh, verse 3 says, Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in, him, in whom there is no salvation. If it's not money, if it's, if it's not uh, anything else, don't, don't trust in uh, any of the leaders either. Uh, the princes were the, uh, part of the ruling parties of those days. Uh, maybe those who are in great power, they could give you the hope that you need. Except uh, the princes that were talked about uh, in, the day, in the days of that writing, they don't exist anymore. So if you pin your hopes to a, a person, a leader, they may take you to some level of goodness for a while, but what happens when they're no longer in office or they're no longer alive? Then what? It was a fleeting hope. There is nobody on the face of the earth that could bring a hope that has any lasting significance for us. So if, the, if our need for hope can't be satisfied in our own, in our own self-identity, whether we think um, we're humble enough or powerful enough or rich enough or we trust in the right person, if we can't uh, find the fulfillment of hope there, where does it come? Where do you find the fulfillment of hope? 
Because when you get to verse 4 of our reading, it says, but with you, there again, that object of our hope, with you, there is forgiveness. And verse 6 gives us that longing, my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. That leads us to that fulfillment of hope where, as uh, Paul would say in Galatians, uh, as we look at uh, the manger and the coming of the, the Christ child uh, to, bring, to bring all these things, to bring hope and peace and joy and love into the world, uh, Paul says there, when the fullness of time had come, at just the right time, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoptions, adoption as sons. The fulfillment of hope comes from the only one who can correct and redeem the very depth of our need. If it were just some sort of circumstantial need or temporary or our fleeting need that we have for hope, you probably could find that someplace else. But because our, our need for hope is so deep and so far back in our history, so uh, deeply rooted in all of humanity, that fulfillment of hope needs to address that deep need. If you're just poor, uh, you could get a better job, potentially. If you can't get a better job, Maybe you'd go out and steal. That still happens. People think, maybe I could better myself if I take from other people. If that was just the uh, significance of your own condition, that you are without enough money, there are ways that you could try to solve it. If you don't have enough uh, love in your life, you could go out and, and try to fulfill that in many different ways and find yourself empty as well. But when you have a need that is so deep that goes to your very core, a need for hope that is uh, rooted in every one of us, there's only one way that Scripture gives us to cure that, to cure the depth of our need, that very sinful stain that exists on us all yet. It can't come up from anything in the natural world. It can't come from anything that our minds might dream up. All of those hopes have fatal flaws in them. They're all temporary. None of them are lasting. None of them are sufficient. All of those things will run out. And it's not sufficient for everybody in all places at all times. But compare that to what it says in verse 7 of our reading. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love. It doesn't end. Steadfast love. With Him there is plentiful redemption. His redemption knows no limits, no boundaries. Time is not an issue. The need for uh, the depth of your own redemption doesn't matter. With Him there is plentiful redemption. It's maybe that idea of my cup overflows. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. 
You can't exhaust the redemption that Jesus brings. And He will redeem His own people from every one of our sins. You may, you may recall some of your own sins. We can all do that pretty easily. Maybe, maybe it's easier if you recall somebody else's sins and that would be the easier task for us to do. But regardless of whatever sins you might recall, those of, your, of yourself or those of the world around us, all of them have been covered for those that will receive that gift of Christ into their hearts because it is plentiful and it covers every one of them for those that receive him. Remember uh, that, uh, that longing for that hope to come more than watchmen for the morning? Uh, Isaiah says in chapter 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Uh, more than watchmen wait for the morning. They're, they're waiting for... They're waiting for a light to shine in the darkness. More than, more than the one who watches through the night is waiting for the dawn to come when he knows that his time is done. Even more than that, even more than waiting for the morning dawn, John 1 uh, talks about uh, that longing and the fulfillment of our hope in this way. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life is the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. More than watchmen wait for the morning. So Jesus comes into the world to bring that hope into the world. More than, more than people are waiting for the morning dawn when they have been up all night and sitting in darkness. And John gives us that picture that Jesus is that light that comes into the world to fulfill our hopes, to address our deep needs and reminding us that it goes all the way back to the beginning. He was there with God and now He is there with us. We heard the song being played beforehand, uh, Emmanuel. God with us. And so Jesus, in that fullness of uh, Himself, brings the presence of God with His people again. That thing that has been separating us since the flashing sword in the garden where the people are not allowed to approach uh, that place of life any longer. But Jesus now is bringing that uh, lost hope to fulfillment. Everything uh, that we have been hoping for uh, has come into the world. Everything that has separated us uh, by our sins from God has come into the world. Hope shines bright in the coming of Christ. The sin that we carry day by day, uh, hour by hour, year by year, generation after generation, that sin has finally found a deep, a, a, a deep hope as, as deep as our sin is. We have now in the, in the coming of Christ the fulfillment of that hope. 
With him, brothers and sisters, there is forgiveness. The one thing, the one thing that um, you and I cannot do for ourselves is to bring forgiveness. That had to have been paid somehow. Somebody had to pay the price. And I can't pay my own sin because I will sin again and I'll be without hope. As much as I would try, each new day, each new day would bring a new failure for me. And so my deep, dark stain still exists. Except for the one who brings ultimate hope. The one who came as a light into the world to address that deep need of ours. In Christ there is steadfast love. I love a lot of people in this world. I love you all. Uh, My love for all of you will fail you at times, as will yours for the people that you love. There's still something broken about us. Even in our condition where, where Jesus has begun that plan of redemption in our lives, even as we receive that hope, there's still something about our own condition that cannot supply the love that we would like to have for everybody else or receive from everybody else, but in Christ there is steadfast love. And in that we have such great hope. The world needs such a deep love that they don't know yet. And it is found as we remember the coming of Christ. And in Christ alone will you find the fullness of His redeeming grace. This is the wonderful thing about the work of Jesus Christ and Him coming into the world is that there is a redemption uh, plan that He brings to um, greater and greater fulfillment. It's a wonderful thing for you and I to know that our sins have been covered, that there is, that there is uh, forgiveness of our sins. But you know what I think is even greater than that? Not just the fact that I am forgiven, but everything about me that has been uh, broken and stained um, and in disrepair for so long, not only is it forgiven, but it's being redeemed. And God will take some of my own shortcomings and use them in His perfect plan. Romans says He works all things together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. He uses the things of broken people yet to bring about redemption for our own broken condition and bring redemption to other people that need to know that as well. He can take uh, your shortcomings, your your failings, my failings, my sinful tendencies, and bring those to a place where not only are they now forgiven, but they bring redemption as well. And there's not anything that can be done that He cannot redeem if we would give our hearts to Him and accept His gift that we celebrate again in this Advent. This hope that we have that Paul says that even in suffering, produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope.
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Jesus came into the world and he's coming back, brothers and sisters, to bring you and I a hope that cannot disappoint. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, it is true, we are in such desperate need. Our world has been in that condition for as long as uh, anybody walked the face of the earth. A desperate need for hope. A desperate need for uh, the course of our lives, the condition of our lives to be uh, utterly changed and turned around. And when we read through your word, we find that people have tried all kinds of ways to try to undo what has been broken and to try to find hope in this world. Uh, We look sometimes at the end of a bottle, through the tip of a needle, uh, through pleasure with people, through money, through all kinds of things, through power. And the list just goes on and on. We've tried all of those things and hope does not exist there. Maybe fleeting happiness at best. Hope that would last, hope that cannot disappoint us, is only found in the gift that you've given as we celebrate in this uh, Advent season again in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, Father, remind us again in these coming weeks that you, in you, and in your Son Jesus Christ, and in the working of the Holy Spirit that lives within us now, there is great hope. And help us to share that with those that we see that are in need and they are all around us. So give us eyes to see that. Give us courage to uh, be an encouragement, to be a word of hope. And may your redemption and your steadfast love and your forgiveness extend uh, not only to us, but through us as well. So thank you for that hope, a hope that cannot disappoint. In Jesus' name. Amen.